get through today and sort your shit out. Like, grip me up, basically, which I needed because at that point, you don't need soft words. You don't need, oh, everything's going to be okay because the way we are, we don't – soldiers generally don't perform with positive reinforcement all the time. Sometimes they need that. Hard truth. Hard truth, that negative reinforcement. Mm. That we need to sort it out because this is a very important moment. Yeah. This week we sit down with Jim Morgan, an infantry soldier in the Royal Australian Army serving for nine years. In 2014, after ISIS appeared on the radar, the Australian government committed troops back over to Iraq, primarily in a capacity of training local army and police forces. Jim served eight months in Iraq, but upon returning to Australia and with no more overseas trips on the horizon, he, along with many of the troops that he served alongside, became disillusioned with staying in the military. This episode covers the story from Jim joining the military and serving overseas, returning and then the events and frame of mind that led him to want to discharge and rejoin civilian life. We chat about some of the psychological battles that Jim had in in, in this process and how not all soldiers suffer from PTSD, but just through some of the processes and activities upon his return, he experienced a decline in his mental health. But first, a quick message about our sponsors, who make this podcast for the working class, possible. Quotespec is the newest building and construction quoting app created and designed by a working builder. You better believe it. Produce job-winning professional quotes in minutes with Quotespec's cloud-based quoting software. Get your free trial at www.quotespec.com. And if your eardrums aren't bleeding yet, go and check it out. It'll really give your life back. Get around them. Quotespec. You. Thanks, Dan. Welcome to episode number nine of Trade Mutt's 120 Grit Podcast, the podcast for the working class. Yeah. Today we have uh, ex-army personnel, uh, Jim Morgan, a qualified electrician, and uh, our first fan of the 120 Grit Podcast on the podcast. Jim, welcome. Boys, thanks for having me. Number one fan, apparently. Number one fan. What about yeah. podcasts for the working class? Where did oh, that come from? Do where we did know? that come from, boys? Jim Jim Morgan's. He's brought value to the podcast already, and he hasn't even hasn't even had five minutes. Perfect, boys. Jim, mate, uh, mate, yeah, welcome. Thanks for thanks for coming in. Uh, you've got a pretty uh, interesting story. Yeah. Boy from Gympie, born and bred. We're the best star. We're the best star. Mickey, uh, Mickey Goulds. Mickey Goulds from up there. Mate, I'm actually going up to spend a bit of time in Gympie oh, this nice. weekend, so uh, might, might not come back. Oh, hey, a lot of people move there. That'll be great, Jim. You can come in next week and fill Dan's spot. I oh, will do. Fantastic. <laughs> so, Jim, let's hear your story. So, yeah, as we said, you're born and bred in, in Gympie. Yeah, born and bred in Gympie. Um, yeah, obviously born there at a, an early age. <laughs> <laughs> Shock. Shot. Um <laughs> yeah, mum and dad were a working class. Dad was a uh, he was a linesman, so he worked for I think I believe it was Sequeb at the time. Okay, uh, we ran a little hobby farm out out near um, going towards Tinkham Bay. Uh, mum was a stay at home mum. Uh, three other boys. Uh, I was the oldest, um, twins and a younger one. Uh, yeah, and um, did thirteen years there, thirteen fourteen years there on the little farm, going to local school. And then, uh, yeah, moved down to uh, Tassie. What took you down there? Um, I think Gimby was a bit of a rough town when we were growing up there. It was a, it was a bit of a drug problem and um, I think they used to call it Helltown. Yeah, right. Yeah, but um, 
uh, there's a few things going there. Wasn't many job opportunities either, and uh, and so we'd we'd gone down to um, Tassie for a holiday. Okay, and uh, we were down there for probably two. I think it was two months. Dad was on long service, and um, fell in love with the place. So unreal. Moved back up, sold, packed up, moved the whole family down there. Quite a massive trip. move. Huge, yeah, massive. A little colder down there as well. But beautiful though. It is. It's really nice, isn't it? It's God's country. Mm. Yeah, mm. really, really nice. Yeah. How did you find that move at that early age? I suppose you would have been going to high school. Did you start high school in Gympie and then go down, or did you start high school down there? Yeah, so I think I, they were a year behind, so I had to redo a year. Okay. And they had, They're a little they slower down there, aren't they? slow. But I'll tell you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but their, um, their school, I think it was a year behind. So, yeah, I, I think I redid grade six. And then, yeah, continue on. Yeah, yeah awesome. So from the, the, the notes and stuff that you've sent through um, for today, you've sort of spoken about that you always wanted to, to join the military sort of from a young, younger age. Is, is yeah. that true? Yeah, well, it's like every kid, like they play, um, you know, cops and rombers and uh, cowboys, Indians. Can we still say that? Yeah, cowboys yeah, and Indians? I'm pretty yeah. sure. It's still a game that people play, yeah. you know. Sorry yeah. for that. Guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want to be as... Uh, uh, straight down the line, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've got you're working the chemistry with the camera anyway. Yeah. You're straight down the barrel, love it. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I, yeah, I, yeah. When I was a kid, I walked. I, most of the time, I got around. I had a gun, uh, yeah. like in a holster on my hip, a plastic yeah. ca- cap gun. You know what I mean? I oh. would have looked like a complete idiot, but I just loved it. Hundred percent. Every, yeah. every kid does it. Oh, every yeah. kid, even today, like yeah, probably a bit more indoorsy as as we'd like. But but I, when we moved down there, we, we moved in uh, moved in a little cul-de-sac. So there's bushland behind us and. So me and the neighbour kid, he's my best mate now. He's actually my best man at my wedding. Um, he, uh, <laughs> I think there was a crew of about eight lads in that cul-de-sac. So we'd moved in and just just populated it, just dominated that cul-de-sac. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so, you know, we'd play enough in the bush. And it was all waterfront too, so we, you know, had caves to play in. So there was always something going on. And probably really outdoorsy people, so... So when I was you know, getting to the end of you know eleven twelve, didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, I, I remember the army ads. I fell for the army ads, helicopters, guns, everything. You're like it's good to go. It looks cool. Um, oh, for a young seventeen year old, you're like that is exactly what I want to be doing right now. Meanwhile, your parents are like oh chewing lips. They're like no, nah. yeah, <laughs> you're seventeen kid. So the um yeah yeah so I'd always had an interest in it, but the um. Dad had done his uh, apprenticeship in the Navy out at uh, in Sydney. I think he was um, worked for a contractor out there. So he worked on the boats and that. And he knew, I think he knew a lot more <laughs> what was going on. He had his finger on the pulse. Um, and he said, oh, you can do what you want. However, I, I know what happens when people get out of that organisation. Get your trade first. Set yourself up. Uh, finish your trade and ask me again if you want to go. By all means, but do something first just to set you up. And it was a bit strange to me. I was like, well, it's a career. Like, I want to be in the Army forever. Like, sounds good. Uh, one of my mates I went to school with, he, he'd gone. He'd just signed. Gone. So I was like, oh, you know, I kind of want to follow that. I want to follow him. And, and uh, you know, the old man, he was making sense too. So I um, went and got my trade. Um it's kind of, I think we we're moving into the recession there. Was it 03? 04? Yeah, 03? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Recession y. Hadn't really hit it in Tassie. The GFC. GFC, that's right. Showing our age now, boys. 
um, yeah, so I, I managed to um, get some work experience and uh, and jumped on a trade and um, took me about eight months to get an apprenticeship uh, with an electrician. Actually, I, I'll confess, I went with a builder first. Yeah, wow. He reckons I was rubbish, so I went with an electrician. So. Oh, well. We're not all cut out to be great boys. No, <laughs> no. And I mean, I, I guess you'd be a lot cleaner now doing what you're doing rather than Soft working hands, for a builder. So <laughs> Soft hands. <laughs> so that period, that um, 03 period, that was right for my lifetime. That was as real as any military action ever seemed to be happening anywhere mm. around the world. So if when I was old enough to, you know, there'd be 9-11 and... Yeah. All that sort of stuff, it really felt like this is as bad as it's ever been. But obviously there's been plenty of wars before mm. and people have lived through it. But yeah, that was the first time that I think from our, from my point of view that there was shit going down. It was real. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. I'd, I think I just got back from Fiji when that happened from a school trip. Uh, we'd um, been building, I think we'd been doing cyclone cleanup or something like that, like helping re-roof a house or something. And um, But it didn't, it didn't twig. I, I never knew, oh... Something's good. I know. I now know that talking to you know older guys that I've worked with, it was the defining moment for them. Like watching those planes going to the trade center, they they were like, something's going to kick off. Okay, I want to do something here. And for the guys in that I've talked to, they were like, yeah, it was a turning point in my my career. Um, but yeah, in '03, that wasn't really on my ra- my radar. Yeah, you know, '03, '04 was that. That was more Iraq. Uh, that kicked off, so Australia was well and truly involved. It wasn't really on my radar either. I wasn't motivated for that. I was motivated for the ad, the helicopter rides, the gun, you know. But um, luckily, I listened to the old man, went and got my apprenticeship and um, bashed that out for, I think it took me five years to bash out. Funnily enough, I worked with the uh, next door neighbour, who's my best mate. His old man owned the uh, the electrical business I uh, worked for, so yeah, cool. awesome. Yeah, awesome. So <laughs> that'd have been a handful, poor bloke. But <laughs> so you started your electrical apprenticeship straight out of school. So it would have been eighteen or something like that. Yeah, 18. yeah, eighteen. Yeah. And then, uh, so we were twenty three. Then I suppose were you twenty three? No, 24? I, I took a while actually. It took five years, but with breaks here and there, so I went up to back up to Gympie to work. Okay. Um, it did get a little bit quiet in. Um, in Tassie, people okay. were getting made redundant, so I took the opportunity to head up to uh, Gympie to work as See electrician. Yeah, 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 just do a bit there. And then I was right into sport at the time too, so I was, um, you know, probably not working as much as I should, and I was um, sailing. I was sa- Sailing's a sport, guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> 100%. But I was, I was more interested in that than the apprenticeship. You know, young blokes are like, you can't keep it together. They're just a little bit like... Uh, ADHD or something. Yeah. <laughs> I think all, all blokes got it. <laughs> Stuff going on everywhere. Stuff going yeah. Fingers in every pie. Um, yeah, so I was probably a bit slow to finish mine, and uh, it was actually a race to the finish for me and my best mate at the end of the day. I think his old man put the hard word on us and said, if you don't get this... Hurry up. Hurry yeah. up, or you, or you're getting yeah. booed. Yeah. So so what was the what was the turning point coming out of your apprenticeship to say, oh, let's, let's crack into the army now? Um, nothing much was really changed, and I think I, I'd... I remember I was in a relationship. She was a um, good girl, but it wasn't really a direction she wanted to go either. Like she, was, I was working the dams, uh, hydro dams at the time, working on the little Taralia villages. Uh, they're, they're like, uh, I think they're Airbnb now. Yeah, so right. Redoing that sort of stuff, and uh, and you know we we were just going different directions in our lives, and um, and so I guess I, I was kind of interested, but it was in the back of my mind. I was like, oh, you know, single man's game. Um, yeah, but that came to an end and obviously 
when those things come to an end. The old um, the army can be a bit of the broken hearts club. So, so yeah, I decided I will join. Let's go. So that was sort of still there that hunger to or that interest, obviously yeah. at least. Yeah, I the think excitement of the choppers and the yeah, all that the <laughs> all laying the, out of it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all the good stuff you'll never do in your career. No. <laughs> so did you go to Kapuka? Yeah, I went to Everyone Kapuka. Everyone goes to Kapuka, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So you're, you're enlisted. You're enlisted swine like me. Um, your officers, <laughs> <laughs> your officers, uh, they head out to ADFA and uh, well, they go to Canberra. Yeah, they, they do a different path. So the enlisted, we go to uh, to Kapuka. Uh, you do your training there and you um, your basic training, then you head off to your IETs. However, when I joined, I wanted to go infantry. Um, they were full. It was 2010. Um, Afghan was well and truly in full swing. Um, the the battalion that was there had just gotten back from another trip in Iraq and was basically back to backing and heading up over to uh, Afghan. So it was busy. Everyone wanted a piece of it. Everyone wanted to get into an infantry battalion to try and get you know, get these trips. Um, so I I opted to join the reserves first. They said, look. You can either go in as a, a, a quartermaster, a driver, or something else. I think it was electrician. I was like, there's no way I'm doing it as an electrician. Um, so I was, look, I'll be infantry in reserves until a spot comes up. So so infantry is just like a general foot soldier? Yeah, yeah. Kind type of, of thing? Yeah, so it's more the, um, you know, it's it's your security force. It's your frontline front line troops, I guess. Um you know, we're all in the magazines, <laughs> in the news. They're the guys you see with the guns in the, basically in the trenches. Yeah, right. Kind of thing. You, yeah. Well, what's it like? Run us through that first day when you you rocked up to Kapuka. It's not like Forrest Gump and Bubba rocking up there. <laughs> well, first, uh, <laughs> being a blood sucking maggot or whatever they call. Pretty close. <laughs> There's a lot of Forrest Gumps in the army. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> no, we're gonna be a shrimp bolt camp. Yeah, shrimp bolt. <laughs> Great movie. Pineapple um, shrimp. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, that's Have you ever been to Bubba Gums? No, never. No. In, there's, in one the in, there's one in, I don't know, I got a Bubba Gump bottle opener from Bubba Gump Shrimp in Times Square. Oh, in New York, yeah. In it's New there. York, I've but I don't know. One, yeah. Yeah, but I don't know if it's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, it's probably not today. Uh, there are, oh, it's a good restaurant. <laughs> Digress. <laughs> <laughs> um, what are we up to? Kapuka. Yeah, your, Kapuka. First, Kapuka. your first, first day, day, yeah. They, uh, first day. They shave your head? Yeah. Shave my head. Yep. Best haircut I ever got. Oh What's man. the point of that? Why do they do that? Make everyone look the same? Yeah, probably. Is that what it is, is it? Oh, and yeah, no, health reasons too. Yeah, okay. And also yeah, to yeah. be just like, you're ours. Yeah. You're looking like this. Yeah, yeah just And you're going to do what we say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that first thing of control. No, there, um, there's, there's many things you do. Like, oh, sounds bad. It's probably not politically correct, but you dress up in your blue pajamas and uh, you got the shaved head and you know where I'm going with this. <laughs> you look like a POW. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, it, there is there's method to the madness, and you know, I respect the process now. Yeah. Like I, I see it, not yeah, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> um, first day though, I, they whack you on a bus. Um, in I, I think Sydney, no Melbourne. I was in Melbourne, so I did, we had to drive up to Wagga Wagga. So they put you on a bus, and uh, they just play war movies the whole way up. So we had a. Uh, Apocalypse now, Black Hawk Down, and something else. So they get you all ready. So See, that'd be like the thing. I'd be like, well, fuck, if this is what it's going to be like, it's just pull up, I'm yeah. off. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I'd rather be watching Stripes with Bill Murray. Yeah, like, yeah. Great, man. I'd be like, yes, I'm yeah. in for this. 
Oh, I think yeah, I think it's it's got to be some method to it. But you know, you're all g'd up, and anyway, you you get there, and and um, I think they have an NCO, a non-commissioned officer, like a corporal or a sergeant, on the bus at the time that travels up with you, just to make sure you don't leg it at a bus stop or a truck stop, whatever you call it. Does that happen? Apparently, yeah, yeah. Like yeah apparently, otherwise, no one on your bus, though. No, yeah. no one on yeah, my bus. Yeah. We're all too dumb to do that. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so they rock into the front gate, and I think the first thing they tell you, I think I can remember the sergeant standing up. And he goes, "Radio, do what you're told," uh, in an orderly fashion, and um, enjoy along those lines. Yeah. I was like, yeah, great. Here we are. Yeah, I didn't really know what was going on. I, was, I remember calling mates going, what's it like? And they're like, mate, I'm not telling you. Like, they try to tell you, but they're like, just, everyone's, every experience is different. But anyway, the MPs jump on the bus, the military police, I think they have a couple down there, and they just start, get off the bus, get off. So it's proper just like, yeah, straight into you. Straight, straight into you. Yeah. yeah. This is 2010, so they were starting to quiet it down a bit. That was, basically, they couldn't, they, they had to wind it back. I think a few things had happened. So apparently it was a um, a few incidents that happened years and years before and they've, they've had to tone it right down. I believe today they've had to even tone it down even more. So, wow. um, yeah, so, they, you know, yelling and screaming, get off the bus with your suitcases. I think I had this tiny little bag full of some uh, civilian clothes and some shoes, toiletries, and that was it for me. Like, And they were like, oh, yeah, sweet, whatever. But, um. Yeah, suitcases, everything. You line up in line, they, they cut you into different platoons. Uh, you meet your staff and then you're marched off to your, your lines, your, kind of your dormitory, I guess. Yeah. But it kicks off straight away, basically. Yeah, nice. Fear, fear of capture. And that first night? Oh, first night. So someone... someone Pillow should, fight. But yeah, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Every night. Of course. <laughs> we'll get back. We'll get to that, yeah, we'll yeah. that later, eh? Um yeah, first night. Uh, someone short sheeted my. Uh, so when you when you march in, you've got an outgoing platoon. So before they they leave, they make all the beds. Everything's sweet. Everything's spotty dog. So you're good to go for the next incoming platoon. Someone had short sheeted my bed. So <laughs> so I'd got in. And I thought, Jesus. Yeah. Someone's. What's going on here? Know, what's going on? So I'd punch through my sheets, <laughs> and so like I had a, I had a punched a hole through my sheets with my leg. And um, so I knew that morning I was just going to get fed for it. And it was like, oh, so I don't think I slept that night. And then six in the morning, you know, they scream out the hallway number and everyone's out there and you're like buggered and all right, righty This is after the head shave and all the pyjama issue and all that sort of stuff the night before. And um, it's pretty funny because guys are 17. I was, I was 25. Yeah, I was 25, so I was probably classed as an older dude back then. So... You got these 17, 18 year olds just like quietly wishing they were somewhere else. Oh, yeah. Like just, yeah. Well, that's 17, yeah. Children. Oh, yeah. You're a children. Kid. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. It's crazy. I was 17 years old. I was surfing every day. Yeah. Yeah. I, far from my mind, any sort of discipline would have been, yeah, I don't know. Lasting on your mind. Lasting on so mind, you've got, yeah. so you're in there starting to do your training. How long were you your training for before you were deployed? Oh, so after you do your, your kapuki, you go do your ETs. Um, I did mine at a reserve at a reserve base in Sydney, uh, and then 
10 months, I think about a year after that, within the year, I got my posting to full-time battalion. So I went back, back to IET as a school, which is School of Infantry in Singleton, and did 14 weeks there. And then um, That's all, 14 weeks? Yeah. Yeah, right. Well, that's to get, that's to get you up to speed, uh, to a minimum standard, I should say. Yeah. Um, that's all they allow. And then it's up to your battalion to, to fill in your shortfall. So, um, yeah. Yeah, wow. Off to, off to Brizzy, got my posting. Um, yeah. So off you were posted Brizzy. up here yeah. at um, Inogra? Yeah, Inogra, yeah. Couldn't believe it. Everyone was going to Townsville, Darwin. Yeah, Townsville and Darwin, I think, were the big ones for us. So Yeah. 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 Lucky, closer to home. Oh, so lucky, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. yeah. And what is that up at Inogra? Um, what are they called? Oh, the infantry battalions? Yeah. Uh, 8, 9, RER and 6, RER. Okay, so right. they're the two we have. I was at 8, 9. Um, great battalion. Good battalion, so I couldn't have asked for anything better. It was really good posting. Yeah, unreal. Yeah, and then um, uh, and then you got de- then you got deployed from here overseas. Yeah, yeah, a couple of years later. So um, yeah, so we deployed. Now, de- now deployments were drying up. Twenty twelve, eight nine had already gone, done their trip, and they were coming home as I was marching in. So I'd well and truly missed the boat. Well, that that was in my mind. I'd well and truly missed the boat. Was that a negative thing for you? Was that something you were yeah. d- disappointed in? Yeah, but I'd also, I knew, I knew to stay in my lane too. Like, you, you can't, like, you're a young bloke, well, not a young bloke, but you've marched in, you've got no experience. Yeah, you want to go on the trip, but you've also got these really good mentors, you know, these really competent dudes. You don't want to be the guy running around going, oh, I should have been on a trip, blah, blah, blah. So you just have to refocus, get back into training, just, you know, you're there to train. You're there to be a capability, so, Yeah. Business as normal. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I never thought trips were going to come back. I, I thought, you know, we were drawing down our our commitment, I should say. The US was drawing down theirs too. Um, so it wasn't going to be long until we changed changed the operation in Afghan, and, and, uh, which meant uh, fewer numbers and uh, and uh, smaller commitments. Yeah, right. When, you, r- say, risk. when you say trips coming around, so how does that work? They sort of rotate around different... Battalions, yeah. yeah. So there's like around seven battalions around um, around Australia. Australia. Yeah, and is that um, all? Yeah, there's not many. We're, we're only a small army. Um, you know, you look at the US and they've got divisions, brigades, huge, huge armies. How many people would be in a? Oh, I couldn't even tell you. Oh, here in Australia though, like wouldn't even know. Yeah, okay. yeah, wouldn't even know. There's seven. That just seems. Yeah, well, it's it's like a big big school. Okay. So if you look at your big schools, like what would be a big school here? Yeah, well, I mean, big, yeah, big private schools and like that. Yeah, nudgy. Yeah, big private schools. Two and a half thousand kids or something. Yeah, yeah. Oh, probably not as big as that, but you know, they're just like big schools kind yeah, of yeah. thing. Like, so you got, you know, one, two RER, three RER, um, four, four was gone by the time I got there. Five, seven, six RER, so, and uh, eight, nine. So yeah, just these big schools getting around. Yeah, um, so one in, one out sort of thing. Yeah, so they've got to they've got to rotate around everyone. They've got to share the love a bit. Um, and when you when you do go on operations, you you come back and you do have that, I guess that reset period. You draw down. You, you try and, um, you know, regain the the purse that you might have um, that might have exited out of the army after the trip and that sort of thing. So you, you are trying to retrain the battalion, get everyone reset, ready to go again. So it's got to go around everyone before it gets back to you. So you've got a bit of time. Yeah. So sometimes that can be years. Yep. Yep. So, so when you were deployed, it was 2015? 
Yeah, 2015. So, um, so rewind a little bit back there. I think 2014, we all saw ISIS on the news. Mm. Um, That's right. That was yeah, the, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the Lint Cafe had um, not put them on the map, but I think it twigged a little bit of you know, insecurity in within Australia, as it should. Well, it was our first, as a country, I think it was our first terrorist specific, attack. Yeah. You know, highly publicised. Yeah, highly publicised yeah. link with, yeah. So well, that was waving that yeah. flag. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's not a... No one can really confirm that he was directly linked with ISIS, but it's an ideology. Yeah. So it's kind of like, well, the guy's waving a flag. Like, how many times do we go out to the Broncos, Rabbitohs or whatever? Like, we wave the flags around. We love our team. Like, Yeah. Obviously, he's probably... To be extreme, waving, he's extreme wrote, case. He's rooting, rooting for someone, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, yeah, it, it put him on the map. And we actually... Obviously, it's open source media. It's common knowledge that we had people going over to Syria and Iraq and and joining these organisations. So Australia's hand wasn't pushed. Like we weren't pushed to do it, but I think we felt some responsibility. The government felt some responsibility to um, be responsible for the people over there. Yeah, we don't. As bad as it sounds. It's probably better it's happening over here, not here. So let's just make that happen, kind of thing. Like, um, let's keep it over there. So, I think uh, there's an event, I think it was at the end of 2014, that I was aware of, that Albertine was aware of. Um, I think it was about 40,000 Christians. I forget. They're, minor, they're minor, minority. minority <laughs> yeah. Good job, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> minority group in, uh, in Iraq. Um, about 40,000, it's very small numbers for the population there, but they're all Christian. And basically they were, they were pushed on to Mount Sinjar, Sinjar? Um, basically by ISIS to starve. And, um, it, it was all over the news. I remember that. Yeah, bad, yeah, 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 I remember that. Yep. Pretty crook. So, um, yeah, so Australia sent the Air Force over to, to deal, start. Well, that's when it got put on the map. That obviously they had a little bit before, but that was put on the map big time. That's right. They started their strikes, in. didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Mm. so we, we we put two and two together. So there was, you know, the whispers started, and basically, yeah, you you do that. There's going to have to be some sort of um, ground commitment by ground troops. So we knew that the special kids will be going over soon, and we'll probably follow. So special kids. Ah, yeah. oh, sorry, the uh, yeah, special horses. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. Sorry, boys. Anyone? <laughs> So run, run us run us through that. You got the call. You're going over something you've always wanted to do since you were a, a young kid. Like be, be yeah. involved. How, how was that? What? Oh, it's surreal. We were, basically, we were on exercise, and um, we knew this this stuff was kicking off. But we're, we're at um, I remember being at Canungra, beautiful, beautiful bit of bit of jungle out at the Gold Coast. <laughs> Yeah, it's say it, that with it. It's a beautiful spot down there, and yeah. I know it from singing. I was only nineteen when I was at yeah. school. <laughs> yeah. yeah, great spot. Where is that place? Oh, so that's um, yeah. So there's a there's a training area down there, and we were training for something. I think it was just a a, a company shakeout, which just to make sure everyone's on the same page with skills and that sort of thing. We were, um, I think we we'll, we'll break contact. We we're doing a break contact off off a feature. And basically, once we got off the feature, the exercise would end and we'd reset and do it again, whatever. And um, I remember the, the boss coming down. Um, he was my platoon boss, a real good guy. He's like, oh, are you CFA quad man? And CFA is a combat, combat first aider, like a, a bastardised patrol medic. So 
basically we developed a like a, a me- medical pa- package to be organic of a patrol so we're not relying on outside sources to help so we're working off a very very quick and crash course here but you're working off like a golden hour kind of time frame where if you can get a soldier help within the hour um life-saving um interventions he's good to go you can get him on the chop you can get him over to a, a roll two three hospital um where he can get further help and ultimately save his life which we, we didn't really have in wars gone by but um yeah so he's like oh digress we'll come back <laughs> um you see a fake quote i was like nah no i'm not mm. um at the time i think i was just a marksman in a um section i was very new to the battalion so i really I wasn't even in line for courses, like, wait your turn kind of thing. But he's like, yeah, well, um, radio, so there's a car coming down, just de-bomb your ammo, go down the hill, there's a car going to be waiting for you there to pick you and a, another guy up. Um, you guys will go to Cairns and do your training uh, to become CFAs. So that, in my mind, was a bit strange because guys, guys, when you're so new to a battalion, you're a lid, you're, you know... You're like an apprentice. Mm. Yeah. It's like no rights. Bottom of the no, yeah, 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 bottom yeah, of the yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do what you're yeah, told. Yeah. And I, I had mates in had been in there forever and hadn't had it. And I was like, that's a bit strange. Um, so I was well and truly going to wait my turn till my four years was up and I can get these courses. But land on my lap. So I was like, yes, yeah, sweet, okay. But in the back of my mind, I was like, no, no one does that. No one just gives a lid a course. And anyway, um, so I went down and I met this guy. He's like, he's only been in the battalion for a year too like what's going on here and then um met up with a couple got taken back to brisbane and sent off on a on an airplane to um, cairns started our course up there and it was the same deal like guys i knew had only just marched in the battalions um really young guys too and we're like what are we doing here so the training was like something's going on like something something has to be going on for us to be doing this um and as diggers do, we overthink everything and war game everything in our head and mm. <laughs> probably blow it out of proportion. But, but yeah, so we knew something was on the horizon and then um, uh, returned after after the course, returned and then went straight back out on exercise up to Shoalwater um, and then basically got brought in and told, look, uh, we're looking at a trip. We can't really tell you where, but um, we're going to go to Parliament and talk about this and see where it's going to lead us. I think uh, four months later, we sent the first rotation into Iraq. Yeah, yeah. wow, exciting times, yeah. And they fly up. How they wouldn't? They'd have to stop halfway between here and there because you couldn't fly direct, could you? How was the flight? How do you You get on a ship or like? No, well, (laughs) sitting there, diggers going by. We've been looking at us going, "That's soft boys." Yeah, but um, no, you you fly out to Dubai, out to an airbase out Uh, there, and kit up, and obviously. You know, you're training, you're doing pre-deployments beforehand and, you know, you're training up to do all this stuff. So they're not just flying here straight into a country just to no. go blind kind of thing. But, um, yeah, yeah, into Dubai for a bit of um, climatisation. What did you fly like. on? Uh, it's just a charter flight. Just a charter flight. Yeah, yeah, so you just jump in a plane that's hired by Defence and okay, every right other, on. like, mining companies kind yep, of thing. So. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking, like, a big C-170. C nah, not yet. Nah. Oh, well, sometimes I do, but yeah. that, that doesn't come until you go into country. So yeah, 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 yeah. So, the, I suppose the, the, on the way over there, everyone's pretty optimistic and everyone's pretty excited and G'd up and 
What's what they hoorah. get? It's what they get in there. Yeah, hoorah! Yeah. That's it. That's what you get in there for to do a bit of time, isn't it? So everyone yeah. would be pretty pumped up. Uh, run us through the first you know, week or so over there. What what was that like? What was that? How was it a shock? Was it was it what you expected? Yeah. Oh, look, like it was a hard one. Like the first rotation in before we um, we came in to relieve them, definitely had a harder time than we did. They, the mission was a very new mission, so it was more a um, mentoring and training mission. So obviously they were just adjusting expectations and all that sort of stuff. So we had a good idea what we were going into, which is great, which is, you know, again, expectation. Um, what do they call that? Management. Managing expectation. expectations, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, you know, it wasn't going to be a war fighting trip. We, we kind of thought it may have been before basically they came in the battalion one day before we deployed and we'd like calm down, like this is not what you think it's going to be, which is good because we, you know, our expectations were that. You know, it could get a bit scary. Yeah, there, a bit you're hairy, just picturing war, I suppose. Yeah, basically. basically yeah. You know, if you're going somewhere, you'd think, yep. Yeah, basically. But again, that was before we knew what was, we were going over to do. So, yeah, so uh, the guys went over in the first rotation. Um, yeah, uh, trained the first guys to go up into, I want to say, wasn't the Marty, it would be... be Mosul. Fallujah. 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 Yeah, right. Yeah, so the Americans would have been there, what? Two thousand seven, they left. Are you working directly with them, the Yanks there, yep. or is it you are? Yeah, and at one stage we were actually the biggest army on that base, which was quite cool for about two seconds. And then yeah. the, the Americans, like they do, yeah, yeah, okay. But um, so you were training uh, police and uh, military personnel, police and military personnel, in yeah. from uh, Iraq. Iraq. Yeah, so the um, basically, well, I wasn't personally. We had training teams to do that. So rewind back. Um, Let's go rewind back into Afghan. We'd had a lot of insider attacks and that sort of thing. So um, we all know that, you know, Podian and some of the other boys who you know, mm. uh, passed away over there and it, it wasn't too good for us. didn't look good for Australia either. Um, funnily, well, not funnily enough, but American, uh, the Americans have been dealing with insider attacks for a long time, which is the force you are training turn on you, basically. Shit. So yeah, they just so go rogue, like you just get some rogue operators that yeah. they turn on you. Well, well, do they just there with a, at a rifle range and they just turn around and start gunning into you? Or yeah, I think with Pody it happened on a um, parade ground, I believe, with um, a couple of boys. And um, yeah, yeah, just wherever. Yeah, it's insane. Opportunistic, basically. So um, I guess that must be pretty difficult when that's such a big thing that seems to be going on. Especially for families back home, mm. when they're understanding that their Aren't loved ones these blokes, are yeah. out there, yeah, helping, mm. training, and all that sort of stuff, and then yep. it's like they're turning around and killing them. It's like, what the fuck are we <laughs> doing? Like, what's the, yeah. you know? And to the to the average Aussie bloke, Aussie soldier who gives everyone a fair go, and at you know is really good of of establishing relationships with foreign armies and foreign people, and just you know being generally nice to people. Yeah, it is a bit of a shock. You're like, shit. Well, what are we doing here? Yeah, what are, what are we? But, you know, obviously... It's just one. Yeah. It is. Like, it's the bad egg. There's eggs. always going to yeah. be a bad egg, and it's yeah. always... Yeah, it's just, I think, because of, because of the nature of the beast, everything is amplified exactly a lot more, right. right? So And these are, like, yeah, that's their old... You know, th- that um, Afghan's an old, old country, but they're not dumb either. Like, they know fully that they don't have to fight in uniforms. It's not World War Two. you know. They're not defined by what they're wearing or their tactics... Straight. Oh, sorry. Take tactics out of that because they kind of are. Um, but it's hard to dis- 
distinguish between foe and friend and and they know that they know that quite well and they know our our rules of engagement quite well too we're not just going to engage someone that looks like he's bad he has to fit the requirement yeah or the target package and um yeah so it is hard like you, you will get infiltrators and and they learned those lessons in afghan and hats off to them like learning those lessons set us up in iraq different cultures different country however the risk is still there and we were needed so my job was force protection basically would dignified chub security guard but <laughs> you still it's still a need for it and you're still there to you know provide protection to the trainers yeah so wow do you when you're doing that based on what we we're just talking about with you know people going rogue is it are you on guard all the time i guess when you're at work you're on anyway obviously but oh, look. is it something that you're fearful of and always kind of you know looking out the corner of your eye because it could something like that could happen at any time oh look i i don't know how the first guys in the first rotation felt in their first couple of months there i knew it probably would have changed them too but no it was more i think being seen as a deterrent so you're a deterrent you they know that you're there ready for it if it happens so why would they do it like it's high risk for them so um, and different cultures, again, like I found the Iraqis are very, um, uh, they don't hold a grudge. They, they're very easy going, or most of them are very easy going. Um, but again, if they see someone with a gun or <laughs> the big thing was the pistols, they know that, oh, it's probably it's not someone we'd want to take on. Um, and we weren't there to, you know, um, intimidate them or anything like that. It was just for our own protection. And at the end of the day, like, I'd, you know, make conversations with them, quite happy to walk up and share food with them. That was a big thing, like shake hands, slap hands, like, you know, like being doing what Aussies do and creating great relationships with people. Yeah. Because that's half that's half the survival mechanism. Like yeah. If you create a relationship with someone, um, get to know them, less likely they're going to hurt you. It's going to be a bit more chilled out coming from a place of understanding as well, I guess. Yeah. So once you sort of make that personal relationship, then there's – Absolutely, a lot yeah. easier to Common get ground. along. And yeah, yeah. And when that, you yeah. that might be the guy that feeds you information that you might need to know too. He yeah. might go, "Hey, the Aussies are here. They have got good intentions. Something's going down that's not great." When you say sharing food with each other, yeah, are you were you eating out of ration packs or was it not that? No, it wasn't that like, bad. Wasn't, we had a mess. Wasn't that extreme. Had a mess, uh, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, it's cool. bully beef. <laughs> Bully beef. What else do they have? The uh, I don't. I've seen awesome desserts and oh. sweets and heaps of sugary stuff. I don't these. think. I don't think anyone goes to the army for the <laughs> for the tucker. No. Surely not. Oh, it's getting better. So uh, you're in Iraq for eight months. Yeah, yeah, shy of eight months. Yeah. yeah. Um, so was, it was. Is that a fast eight months or a slow eight months? It was a slow eight months. Was it? Because it wasn't. Yeah, we had our our times of really busy periods, but it was. Um, it wasn't kinetic like it would be in Afghan in the early years. Like it was, it was very much a you know you're waiting around for something to happen. Yeah, okay. Like you you're taking turns at QRF, uh, Quick Reaction Force. Let's just say um, you're taking turns of doing different things on the ground to other guys. So you just had to you had to go to your gym, do your gym workout every two day, you know, two times a day kind of thing. You had to have your routine to get you through it. Yeah, right. Um, I don't like. I didn't find it boring. I just found it. It was long, but in saying that, the Americans do a year, so or some do eighteen months when we were there. So. Jeez, yeah. So I'm very happy with our eight months. What was the what was the culture and stuff like amongst all the troops? You know what what is it? You know, is it really quite a 
happy-go-lucky kind of thing or is it all everyone's like really serious or like what's the overall you know camaraderie uh, the whole like, s- the, like Aussie Aussies it's, it's very it's not serious but it's um, jovial it's it's Aussie larrikin yeah. it's, it, standard Aussie stuff in the Aussie camp um, the Iraqis are a little bit more serious but but they think with the Iraqis they, they live they have the emotions on their sleeve, like what you, what an Iraqi might be, um, I guess, projecting towards you. An emotion is what what you get. There's no underlying. Don't have no, to guess what they're thinking. Yeah, 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 it's it's black and white. But I, I found them fine. Like I, I had great conversation. It was really jovial to us. I guess um, we we weren't really on their radar during the early years of Iraq. America was so there would have been a bit of anim- anim- animosity. Animosity yep. nailed, it. It. nailed, nailed it. it. Not <laughs> Vanessa Amorosi. <laughs> Clown. Yeah, I'll take that one. Um, yeah, there's more probably towards the American troops. So we, you know, I, I'm not going to get into politics, but they're, they're always going to feel something towards them. They're going to probably be a little bit. Pass a bit of judgment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's going to be a bit of mistrust. Well, I guess if you put the shoe on the other foot, like imagine walking down the street here. Exactly you know, right. And having a, yeah. a foreign uh, country. Just walking down the street telling yeah. you where to go Military, and what to do. Just standing there yeah. with guns and wondering, exactly like, right. we're just trying to do a podcast. You yeah, know? calm like, down, what do you fella. T- <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So, Wait, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so, episode 10. So as a, <laughs> so as a whole, how, how was that experience at eight months? Is, was, it, was it something um, that you thought? It was going to happen. Like, was it was it what you expected, or was it completely different, or was it did it live up to everything uh, you were ever hoping for? Yeah, I don't know. Like, it definitely didn't. Like, my expectation management wasn't, wasn't too good. Like, I thought, yeah, it's going to be really busy. It's going to be great. Like, um, heaps to do. You know, we're going to be out on the ground every day um, doing protection. It's going to be great. But there were really shit times where you're just like, sorry, mum, if you're listening to this. Um, <laughs> There's uh, there's times where you just you you're like, what are we doing here? Like, I haven't done anything for a week, and you know, they're just up. kicking your feet around a bit. Yeah, but again, like that's when you relied on your mates. Like, I really relied heavily on a guy over there. I became great mates with. Um, he was actually a <laughs> one of my mentors, kind of early on in the piece. Um, not mentor, but he trained me before, I guess. But then became real good mates with him. And I remember just whinging to him. And um, don't want to sound like a whinger, but it is a digger's right to whinge. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, we don't, we, we never whinge up. We whinge. Yeah, same level. Yeah, whatever you call it. Yeah. Eye to eye. Eye to eye. Yeah, I remember just going, like, and he's like, yeah, sweet. Yeah, no one cares, mate. Like, yeah. <laughs> back in the gym you go, and we, he'd, we just, you know, he'd flog me for an hour in the gym, and I'd be right as rain after that. I think it was more the, the times where you just had nothing to do with that's when things start falling apart, I think. Yes. Yeah. But jumping in the gym and getting the endorphins cranking oh, was a good way to definitely, yeah. It saves your life. Like it's it's the thing you look forward to every day. Like I remember he got me, he'd get me up at four, smash out a, a quick workout and then go to work, get home at twelve, lunch, gym, movie. And then stretch session. So y- your routine was laid yeah. out in front of you. So yeah. it was good to go. Bit of structure. Yeah. Um, definitely personal um, experiences might vary. 
all you veterans yeah. out there, I'm oh. really sorry. But, yeah. um, like, obviously the early guys in Afghan, you know, they would have been hitting the gym maybe once a week because they were so busy. So it's all, I guess, It's yeah, all relative to relative. what your purpose is at that time. Exactly. On your, right. on your mission, right? Yeah, yeah. Back to food, actually. That was mm. a good one. Way mm. digressing here, boys. Mm. Food. So, Iraqi food. Mint. Love it. Really? Love it. Great food. Yeah. Americans hated it. Wouldn't want it. Didn't touch it. And I was a little bit apprehensive going into it. It just came to my mind just then. Um, but I built a great relationship with a guy over there um, just through food. Um, just through, I think he had a, a lentil curry, a bit of dodgy fish from the um, Tigris River. Tigris? Yeah, Tigris. And flatbread. And it was by far the best thing. I'd, it was fresh. Yeah, beautiful. nice. Better than the mess food. Well, the mess food was all American food. It was pretty good, but it was just something different. All right, back on track. Unreal. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> make, that makes me hung, like hungry thinking about that. To be honest, right now. <laughs> so you've uh, you've done your eight months. You've come you've come home. So what what happened then? What was what was that after post deployment? What run us through that? Yeah. So post deployment, um, usually a few things happen. Well, in the early days, it used to happen that they'd bring everyone home, everyone get a reset, everyone goes on holiday for a month and then you brought back to battalion. Is yeah. a reset just time time away? Time away, time yep. in battalion just to, you know, reset your focus, reset what you want to do in your career. Um do you have a debrief at the end? Do you is it just a debrief, like yeah, a big debrief in the end. So is that same same sort of way out that you came in? So you go through yep. Dubai or something like that? Yeah, as so well. back out through Dubai yep. and um And do you stop along the way to yeah well we debrief before getting back to Australia? I didn't. I we did a quick debrief from a in-country psych I think it was a month before we left mm. that was just tick the boxes yep sweet you haven't <laughs> you haven't done anything dodgy blah 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 like all the you're tracking along alright tracking yep. yeah yep. with our trip yeah most guys were an incident didn't happen did happen that they wanted to check up on and make sure that was all sweet with the boys and so there was a little bit with that but that was alright um, so yeah about a month out and then basically I think our crew we were pretty late to leave i know um we ended up on a herc by ourselves into dubai and had a day in dubai so we went to the water park and that was kind of our debrief just to you know lay it all out lay it all out yeah. tan ops how do i just why does a water park in dubai oh, seem so weird to me just full of russian men don't really? worry about it yeah, yeah right overrated just imagine yeah <laughs> Oh, I know. Yeah. So, <laughs> so where'd you go? Where'd you go for your reset? Um, I came home. I think I had two weeks off. Went down to Tassie, saw the family. I think mum. Obviously, your parents think the worst every time. Yeah. In <laughs> a foreign country, anyway. So I just mum wanted to make sure we're all all good. Obviously, all good. Um, yeah. So I just did a bit of time in Tassie, bit of time with the missus, and um, yeah, back to work two weeks later. Um, Was there a come down? Massive. I didn't think there would be. Yeah. I think because it was a pretty un, unremarkable trip, I thought, yeah, no. But I think the big thing I was starting to struggle with was you're no longer the top of the the, the pile anymore. You in you know, the focus isn't you on you anymore. You're not not in the light. Yeah, you're not in the light. You're not gonna have people going out of the way to get you the good gear to operate with or to do your job. You're now back into reset battalion, stay in your lane. No one gives a shit about you. Like, just keep on doing what you're doing. And then the it's trip. and then it's that back. What you were talking about earlier—that cycle that it takes. That, yeah, that yeah. trips around Australia until yeah. 
you may get the next opportunity to basically yeah to, to go on a yeah yeah so, so you're waiting your turn yeah. which for a lot of people including myself that was just too long so a lot of people you get the post post deployment blues which is um a lot of people just the, the battalion just starts hemorrhaging guys like Guys realise, yeah, I just don't want to do this. Tick, tick that box. Tick that deployment box. Yeah, what's next? What's next? And so everyone's got their eye on the the climate around the world of what's happening yeah. in you know with regards to conflict, conflict and yeah. war and all yeah. that sort of stuff and what you know what is going on and yeah, people absolutely. are looking at it thinking there's not much going on right now. Yeah, lots of peacekeeping missions, I would imagine. Yeah, look a little bit. Yeah, yeah, common source, open source media. Again, we're in you know doing good things in the Philippines with. We're in Fiji, we're in Vanuatu, we're doing things, mm. but there are only small contingencies. Like yeah. There's small, small groups doing them. And, and people want a bit more, Yeah, I don't know, understanding of what exactly the length of time and yeah, stuff yeah. they'll be getting up to, but I yeah. suppose that's probably not that exciting. No, it's not. Why, why would you play first grade football to sit on the bench? You know, like, you've got some of the best trained, we're, we're one, of the, one of the best trained armies in the world. We've got great training, great budget. What we have for the size of our army, like, we're doing really good things, but you just have this anticlimax at the end that oh, it deflated. Yeah, there's no more troops. You know, we're not we're not going to be war fighting, kicking doors in. You know, it's it's it is a bit of a cr- not crushing, but you know, you you have to adjust your life. Well, to it's that. just the reality of it sinks in, and I suppose anyone who's in the military, they mm. the reason why they're in the military is for the, for the action. Yeah. yeah, like that's what you want. Yeah, absolutely. So you are kind of. Hanging out for it. So you start hemorrhaging guys. Yeah, people just leave. And like I I remember in twenty thirteen when the boys got back from Afghan, there was just a mass exodus. Guys I was like looking up to too, guys who I was getting good training on were suddenly disappearing, just going. Um oh, done. Yeah, done, mm. done, dusted, burnt out. A lot of burnout, like and still going on today, a lot of burnout. And um and you know that that Pissed me off a little bit because these are, these are guys who have operational experience, combat experience of that, which is going to be hard to come by. These guys are great guys who just maybe weren't appreciated or utilised. Um, so it's the system that's letting them down, not the other way. I think it might be a bit of both. I'm not sure. Like it's 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 hard to say on this because <laughs> not sure who's watching. But yeah, you know, like probably not too many people. <laughs> <laughs> Mum. <laughs> Thanks, Sue, 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 how are you? Old man, old man. Candy Ross, yeah, yeah, that'll be watching. Candy Ross, we'll be listening somewhere. Yeah, but yeah, so guys still have enough. They want to go on, get on with their lives. They're they're sick of moving their kids around to three separate schools every three years, kind of thing. Yeah, hard on families. Yeah, and I guess the other thing is, is that like you can't just pluck a war out of you know Mm. thin air and absolutely right. So here you go, go and fight. Yeah. Go and fight this. Yeah, exactly. And again, like you've got to manage your expectation, what you want to get out of the army, and what, what the army wants out of you, and what what there is on offer. And and yeah, so I'd I'd just see them leave. And to me, that was pretty off putting. Like I was like, oh, you know, I hope they're looking after these guys, or I hope these guys are going to something oh, better. Yeah, and we're hoping that the military was looking, looking yeah, after them. Yeah. So you weren't looking at these guys who you looked up to to see them leaving and think, oh. You look know, down on them. What what the hell? Never never look yeah. down on them at yeah. all. Because it was more like some were going out and doing these awesome things. Yeah. It's like that is a good like that's mm. a good example of what you can do outside of this organization. Mm. Um which is fantastic. However, 
I now know the journey they would have gone through during that time. So like it's all it's like social media. What you see at face value yeah. is what's going on under, under the surface. You yeah. Know? Like, so I, you know, like catching up with these guys later on, like years down the track, and really understanding what they're going through, and again being so happy and blessed that I listened to the old man when I was 17, 18 and set myself up for something at least. Yeah. Because some of these guys just didn't set themselves up well enough or change course, you know, something changed in their lives and they had to, you know, pivot, change gears, pivot, yeah. do something else. The other thing I think would be massive is going from such so much structure mm. to then being able to operate at your own sort of free will. Huge. And I guess that would yeah create a lot of problems or just find a lot of guys become misguided i suppose right or massively yeah massively. bring them a bit undone it is yeah and you know a lot of it like it, it, your first couple of weeks it's awesome you're out you sleep you, you can sleep in you don't have to shave like suddenly it's like an abusive relationship <laughs> you're like you're out yeah yeah <laughs> bad, free and clear. bad example free and clear but then suddenly you want to go back and yep. you're like, fuck yeah, like, why do I want to go back? Like, and then you start realising it's loss of the tribe, it's loss of your mates, you know, you're no longer in this family structure, this, these boys, these girls supporting you. But they can't relate, I suppose your, your spouse can't really relate to what you've been through or, or, or what, it, what it's like. So and That's probably one of the biggest, biggest issues for, yeah. for families, right? And a lot, of, a lot of them can and can't, but the, one of the big thing that, that is the same across the board is these women, these these husbands or kids or wives are going through the same transition as you are. And we all miss that. We all we all think it's all about us. And then suddenly it dawns on us that you've just put your wife through or your children through whatever they've had to go through. Yeah. And they've literally left the organisation with you and won't have the same, you know. So it is a change. And there's also, too. there's no blueprint for how it should go for any one person. So no. there's no like... No, like that's not like everyone's like go to the cops, man. I'm like I don't want to be a copper. They're like oh, we'll go to the fireys. Oh, that's good, but they're not recruiting this year. Oh, what do you want to do? <laughs> go. I'll do private security. Oh well, just about everyone from SF's getting out and getting those jobs. So what do I do? I'll down to Centrelink. I go. <laughs> yeah. So when? So when was that? Uh, when you decided to start getting out? Uh, or well, when, I, are we, when are we talking? So I think I think 2017. Well and truly, I was like, oh, I'm starting to burn out here. Rewind again. <laughs> Sorry about that. A bit disjointed there. I know, no, you're right. <laughs> um, post, post-trip blues, we're all thrown into courses really quickly after um, we got back from our holidays. Just keep you busy, keep you, keep you going, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Is that the military putting into them or you're doing those? Uh, the battalion. So, so yeah, they're telling yeah. you this is what you've got to go yeah. do. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, and look, like I had a, uh, an RSM there. He His kind of view on it was idle diggers, lazy diggers, uh, trouble. Like, they'll get themselves in trouble. And I totally believe him. Like, I, I agree with that, but I don't agree with the tempo, obviously. Um, seeing, you know, a lot of myself and my mates starting to burn out and that sort of thing. So so you, when you're saying burn out, you're talking sort of oh, emotionally, like, yeah, psychologically starting to... Emotionally, physically. Physically, you, everything. You know, you've just dealt with the in, inside company politics of a trip and had to deal with that crap that went on there and now you're dealing with it back at your battalion and things you're not agreeing with and it starts compounding and 
And they're like, right, boys, stay keen. You're going on, you're going bush for four weeks. And you get back, and you're like, hey, mate, yeah, I know you're out bush, but we need to, we need you quality. We've got to send you on a course. Right, off on a course you go. You get back, and then suddenly, you know, um, you might be a, a um, section commander, corporal. You've done all these things like sweet man, right? There's a posting coming up from Singo. We need you to uplift, and you've got to head to Singo, Kapuka, wherever. Um, tell your family now you're going. You know, like, and so obviously, you know, the tempo mixed with other things, it, it, guys were just burning both ends. So it was, and I, I was starting to personally, I know I was trying to keep it quiet, but I was starting to just get a little bit off it. <laughs> yeah. And I know Anne, she, my wife, she was really, she could see it, but she was kind of like, oh, he might be handling it. He's not bringing it home. He's not talking to me Cracks are it. starting to appear. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, what, what What were some of those things? Oh, like, I think you, I think once you, you're working uh, with your um, chain of command so closely um, in proximity of them overseas, you lose the, f- not respect, but you lose the fear of, you know, you know, the, what do you call that? The filter. Yeah. The filter isn't there as, well should be and, and you know start the back chatting starts and you know questioning what they're doing to you and questioning their decisions on things and yeah right you know thing and i, I was i was saying yeah i started to do that mate started to do that we all started to do that so just having a gutful really yeah 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 everyone does it yeah you boys yourselves would have been <laughs> yeah had those days apprentice yeah in your apprenticeship like you're like Oh, yeah. <laughs> Line him up with the ute. <laughs> Plenty of those days. And Plenty I think that happened days. with Ed on his first day. <laughs> what what did, am I doing here? What did Carl Barron reckon? First day was shit house. Did it eight years still shit house at the end? <laughs> so yeah. Oh, but uh, yeah. so yeah. so what was the so cracks starting to appear? What what was the turning point? Um, I think my wedding at the end of end of the year, end of twenty sixteen. I was um just come off a course. It was a great course. To, that's the problem. Digress again, boys. Sorry about this. Sorry, I want to hear all of it. So uh, these courses are good courses too. Like they're your support courses. That, you know, snipers, mortars, recon, uh, assault pioneers, SIGs. Sorry if I've missed anything. Fun stuff. Are we talking fun stuff? Fun stuff. Like yeah. Really good stuff. Every everyone aspires to do this. Guys are coming out of support company. and They're going right. Love this stuff. Let's train for selection. I'm going to selection. I'm going to go to SF. Like it sets guys up. Guys want these courses. Um, it's awesome, but you know, you don't want to miss out on these things either. So mm. you're pushing yourselves towards it. You're like, oh, right, get through this four weeks of bush. It's two weeks off. Back at back at barracks doing that, and then I'm straight into that course. But you are burning candle at both ends. Yeah, like, and I see it all the time. Like guys doing it, and real keen guys too doing it. Like and just burning. And get to the end of the year and they're just like hanging out for that last kind of six weeks before Christmas and then boom, promotion courses. <laughs> like, yeah, right. like you thought you were safe, bud, but no, straight on a promotion course and that's six weeks away again and just getting hammered. And um, so I, I'd finished a course uh, end of the year, 2016, and I was just pretty tired and pretty irritable and just not really feeling it and really trying to be there, trying to, you know, be, um, what do you call it when your, wa- your wife's probably always tell you, be here, whatever they call it. Present. Present. Mm. Present. Yeah, you're all over it. Mindfulness. Finishing just says, oh. Oh, Chemistry. Great. Yeah. Podcast for the uh, the working class. 
So 2016, that's not that long ago. Like obviously, because I was, you know, thinking what we would have been, what we would have been doing in 2016, and think you would have still serving. Yeah, I was still in. So I was, um, yeah. So just finished a course. I um, retired. A couple of the boys were going to be my groomsmen. One of them was in the same course. He was pretty tired, um, and others attending. So, yeah, yep. Um, so Where'd you get married? Ah, uh, Mulaney. Oh, right. Oh, beautiful. God's country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's beautiful nice. Beautiful spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, um, oh, mate, like I'd, I'd move there. I'd retire there. It's oh, nice, beautiful. isn't it? I love it. Which made the day great, too. Yeah. Like, if it was in town, I would have just been, oh. Yeah. But it was just like a calming area up there, like a real... It's super group. chilled out, isn't yeah. it? It's just green. It's just nice. Yeah. So that was the end of 2016, was it? 2016, back on track. So 2016. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Night before, yeah, I I didn't have a bucks party. I didn't didn't really have the time for a bucks party. So, um, best mate had flown up from Tassie. Um, he was my best man. Um, a couple other boys from work. Um, a brother. You know, had a great time the night before. Probably not the best thing to do <laughs> for a wedding, but you know, understandable. Understandable. Yeah. And um, yeah. So the next day, I was pretty tired still, and um, you know the. The, the staff at the centre was holding us across, you know, so everyone can set up and do their thing and they, you know, they give you a beer or whatever you need to calm your nerves. And um, I was just, not just, you know, I just needed to step away, just have a quiet moment, just to reset kind of thing. Like, not that I had cold feet or anything like that, I just wanted to be, you know, in the in the moment for my wife, my, you know, my new wife, and I just wanted her to have the best day she could possibly mm. have. I wanted to be there, smiling, like... Even if I had to put on the act, I'd put on the act for her. Like, it just didn't matter. And then uh, a, a real close mate of mine who was attending just saw me through the the window. And he's like, what's going on here? Like, weird. Came in and I, mean, and I, just, yeah, I just went to shit. Like, broke down in front of him. He's like, he's just this big bear of a bloke. Like, bundled me up like a small child. <laughs> 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 and he's like, it's, it's all right, mate. Like, you need help, but. Today is going to be the best day of your life. You'll you might not remember much, but I'll I'll film everything. I'll fill you in after it. Whatever you got to do, mate, just get through today and sort your shit out. Like gripped me up basically, which I needed because at that point you don't need soft words. You don't need oh everything's going to be okay because the way we are, we don't soldiers generally don't perform with positive reinforcement all the time. Sometimes they need that. Hard truth. Hard truth, that negative reinforcement. Mm. That we need to sort it out mm. because this is a very important moment. Yeah. So, yeah, I went in. Um, great day. Awesome day. Um, so, do you reckon that moment was just a real, like, significant point and, like, a release of yeah. a lot of things that you probably didn't know? Yeah. You said a lot of built-up stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah a lot of built-up stuff, and that was just yeah. the... That was just the pressure, pressure. Yeah, it was just the pressure cooker because it is an emotional day. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I got married in March. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. yeah, and it is an emotional day, and it's you know because and the expectation there, you want to really perform for your family. You know, you you're pouring your heart out and your in your vows. Yeah, and um, and all this stuff, and you know, like it, it's it's a hard day. Mm. Digressing again, boys. Mm. The guy who married us, um, he was our padre overseas. He's yeah, a boy, right. Big Islander boy, boxer, really good guy. And I'd, I'd actually asked him, I was like, um, do you want to, I don't know, I don't know anyone who can do this, can you do it? And he's like, yeah, man, like, absolutely. 
Awesome. Yeah, he's a real good guy. So he, I think in his mind he knew something had gone on, but um, my mate might have worded him up or something because as soon as I got up there, he was like big bash on the back of the back, like, yeah, yeah boy, we're doing this together kind of thing. And I was like, yeah, sweet, we are. Like, um, But, yeah, it was just that release and that, oh, something's not right here. But, you know, it was kind of that maybe to find a moment you that needed. you knew there was yeah. a problem. So, yeah. so then at that beginning of that next week, yep, you're off to the psych. Um, no, so we went on our honeymoon. Yep. And we'll due back to work straight away after the honeymoon. So honeymoon was great. Yep. Um, yeah, that was all good. I, again, like, put everything to the back of my mind, just got the moment for my wife and just, yeah, really had a great time. But as soon as I got back to work, it was like that dark cloud. I was just like, no, nah, like, something's got to give here. Like, yeah. it's just, this is not sustainable. Um, yeah, and very briefly, I talked to my mate and he's like, you know, we're overdue for our post, it's called POPs, your post, basically psych evaluation, your medical and physical, I think. But mm. I'd, I'd been avoiding purposely that that mental one, that the psych, basically, because I didn't want to bar her. What was the reason behind that? Yeah, what was the reason behind that? I don't know. I'd, there's a lot of things. I, I actually wrote a few notes down about it. It was... There's a common mis- misconception that it will affect your job. Yep. So injuries, mental, physical, a lot of us have that fear it will, it will affect our jobs. So people will pull us out of something we really love because we do love the job. It's a great job. Like You wouldn't be doing it if you didn't. Exactly. Like You get paid for doing stuff that's just outrageous. Yeah. And and you don't want to lose that. You want to go and you, if you have to leave, you want to do it on your own terms. Term. Yeah. So it's so for me, it was like I don't want to go to the site because they're the first people that are going to say, "No, nah, you cannot handle a weapon. You cannot go on this. You cannot do this." So it was that real fear of doing it. And then I remember really briefly just talking to my mate. I was like, I "Don't know if I can do this, man. I just got to, you know." And we can all bung on a, we can all bung say, a smile on, yeah, and we can all say the right things to get that tick in the box. We all can do it, and um. Yeah, so I was like, yeah, sweet. I'm just going to sign it off. Because I had a course in my mind I wanted to do. And um, and so I was like, all right. Went in there and sh- she's like, right. She put the piece of – and she's just – instead of giving me the paper where you tick and flick and then going, cheers, mate, uh, have a good day, she just started, like, um, reading it to me. And I was like, fuck. I was like, just give me the paper. Spattering the works. Yeah, I was no, like, yeah. oh, yeah, I don't want to have to think about these answers, and um, and this is this is where I was starting to like get a bit fearful. I'm like, like, does she know that what's going on? Like, she must know something. Like, something's yeah. going on here. Yeah, anyway, yeah. she she um said something. I forget what it was. So this was this would have been late February. Sorry, this would have been late February. Digressing again. Sorry about this, boys. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> before that had happened, I just found. I think the night before, I just got the news and mate had passed away. So this was, yeah, this was twenty, yeah, February. So I didn't know him well. I'd actually met him in Iraq, uh, over in Baghdad. I'd, I'd to go, I'd quickly go in with a guy who got injured and um, sort him out. And no one had really organised anything for me to get picked up and taken to accommodation or anything like that. And it was just a quick get. Yeah, all right, just get in there. Yep, sweet. We'll sort it out on the way. So we dropped in, uh, got off the Black Hawk, handed this guy over, and um, 
There was just no one on the airfield. I was like, oh, good, I'm sleeping on the bench tonight. And then this guy came out. He's like, hey, man, what's going on? And like straight away, Aussie accent, because it's an American base. You're like, hey. Sweet. Yeah, I was like, done, dusted, sorted. And um, he's like, yeah, have you eaten? I'm like, no, man. He's like, oh, have you had, do you want to have a shower? I'm like, no, it's all right, just eat. So he took me off into the um, the mess, yeah, just ate and we just started talking. Like, I think there was a lot of frustrations that were happening on the trip that I definitely vented to one of my mates but <laughs> hadn't really done it properly, I guess. You know, you, it's conversation. So got talking to him and then it rolled into, like, life experiences and then what he was doing and what he did overseas and, and you know, feeding off the real positive things that he had done, like his, you know... Um, experiences in gunfights and stuff like that and and you know his experience in dealing with casualties and and then we got into marriage and it was like a mini marriage counseling session like with this guy like and then you know the next day we caught up again and took me out to a driving range on the base and hitting golf balls and he's like yeah we got talking again and it's a good guy and i think the way he felt too was it was like a, a new face to talk to almost like he'd been stuck with the same six dudes for eight months too and you know new face oh yeah oh we have the same kind of mm. topics to talk about yeah mm. had a great talk with him yeah and three days i was there and yeah, really it was like man if you need anything like, shoot us an email here's my phone number when to get home like you know just um stay safe mm. yeah. and then uh, i think he ended up um hooking up with some uh, gear that we couldn't get a hold of uh, where we were so that was real helpful and just like a real professional gentleman like real nice guy and, um, yeah, so back on track, I, I found out the night before that Pops, he'd passed away, um, left, you know, wife and kids. And it just floored me. I was like, ah. Oh. And I think I remember telling my mate about it real briefly. I was like, oh, mate, Cap's passed away, mate. I'm not sure if you knew. He's like, no, I didn't know. How did he die? Oh, yeah. You know, you know. Took his life? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so was, it's just shit circumstance. And I, in the back of my mind, I knew that had gone on in the ADF a little while. But I just didn't, you know, you kind of disconnect yourself from that. But then the conversations I remember having with him, it was just like, like, why is this, this is not fair. So, you know, that's going through my mind in this pops, in mm. this interview. And I just went, shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, couldn't couldn't keep it together. I was just off, like, and she's like, and I was, I was covering it up. Like, she's like, don't, like, just do it. Like, no yeah. one, no one gives a shit, mate. Like, this no one's judging you for this. This is totally normal, but like, fair. and I didn't want to hear it. Like I was just. Did you talk about that having lo- having no the news of having lost that? Oh yeah, that briefly. Fella. So I've just lost it. You know, it was hard for me to tell her because it, he wasn't a close mate, but he was a guy that I'd shared. Doesn't yeah, matter, does that. it? Like, no, it's, it's, it's when you've got a connection with someone, yeah. however long or short. If there's yeah. a real connection there, it doesn't. Nothing else really matters. You exactly, know exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it's funny because the year I marched in battalion, the day after uh, Anzac Day, I'd lost a mate, and um, and I thought I'd dealt with that pretty well. But that in the back of my mind, that that's brought up. You still hadn't dealt, dealt with that either. Yeah, yeah exactly. So it was just wasn't wasn't a good day. And um, and she's like, and and you know, in between the blubbering and carrying on, she's like, I'm like, I don't want to lose my job. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> Instead of I don't want to lose my sanity, I don't want to lose my job. Yeah, and yeah. she's like, "You're not going to lose your job, mate." Like, 
goodness sake, what is it with you blokes? Like, so she's given me, you know, read me the right act and just said, right, I'm not signing you off. You're not going to lose your job. You won't lose um, your spot. Whatever you think you're going to lose, you're not going to lose. However, you, you will go see someone. I'm not going to call them a psych, but you're going to see them um, tomorrow. So I was like, oh, yeah. So I got out of there. My mate was just coming in. He's like, yeah, you're a shit house, mate. <laughs> and picked me up, took me home. Next day, went to the psych, and I was just like, didn't say a word. Like, I was just like, I don't even know how to start this conversation. Was that a psych from the military? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome girl. Like, yep. lovely lady. Yeah. Um, Counselor slash psych, they double hat a lot. So, because mm. they give you they they give you the option to go and talk to an outside contractor, like um I think at the time it was VVCS, uh, it's now called Open Arms, I believe. Um, they give you the option because I think guys feel that if the <coughs> army can track what they're doing medical wise, um they feel like that's their job will be in jeopardy, so they go, oh, we'll give you the option to go to an outside contract. I think that's common across the board, whether they're military or not. I think yeah. a lot of people feel that, yeah, if the, it's provided by the employer, they might, you know, somehow exactly find right. out and lose their job ultimately. Exactly right, yeah. So I was, I was like, oh, I don't know, I don't care. I'm just going to tick the boxes again until I can get, you know. So you were approaching talking to the professional or, you know, a professional as something you just had to tick off and not because yep. you thought it would help you? Not because you thought you would be able to yep. vent and work through whatever was going on in yeah. your head. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, going sideways, I was in a very, like, alpha male, um, high tempo, high paced work space where everyone's just highly proficient, everyone's tough. Like, um, guys are really good at their jobs so, and don't really show much weakness. So, I'd, to me, I was just like, oh, how are these guys going to view me? Like, if they find out. Mm, mm. So, yeah, it was a negative approach. But over time, like, it got to the point where I had to, I, I think my wife told me, you need to talk to her. Like, and um, So you were going to appointments but regularly. not talking? Yeah, so it took me about four appointments, I believe. So that's four weeks yeah. of just sitting there. sitting there and she would just go, all right. And I'd be like, she'd be like, oh. And she'd try and... Prompt you. Yeah, prompt yeah, me and try yeah, yeah. And I was like, I don't know. I just don't know. I don't it's not ready. No, yeah. Obviously not ready to, to, to yeah. even open up. Right? And this is, and I think a lot of this is to, I've got, I had really good mates who had been in the height of the Afghan war with, and who'd, you know, punched through their PTSD or PTS, uh, post-traumatic growth and that sort of thing. Like they've, they've won that war. They've won that battle. I, why should I be feeling like this? Like why, why should I be feeling like, you know, what they've um, what they've gone through is not what I've gone through. Mm. So why am I going like this? Is not and by any means it wasn't PTSD. It was more, that, you know, compounding factors. And that yeah, sort of thing. a lot of little things built up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I guess that's again that's an important thing to get across because it doesn't mm. matter. It's different for everyone, you know. And there's yeah. there's no blueprint for how to handle any situations like this. And obviously, yeah, you've got. Mm. Not you, but people go through PTSD. Mm. That's a completely different exactly kettle right. of fish. Exactly right. But it doesn't mean it's any less important. It doesn't mean it's any else. less important because you yeah. can only deal with what it is that you're dealing with. And yeah. it's all well and good to say, well, I haven't been through what those blokes have been through, so why should I be feeling yeah. like that? But the, the reality is, is you can only deal with what 
yeah. what you, you've got you, in front yeah. of you and comparing yourself, yep. I guess, to anyone else out there is super detrimental to, you know, the, the process of figuring it out, right? It is. I, I, but you don't know that. Until and you don't know that. Yeah. It can be dangerous. Not, yeah. Yeah, it is. And I think like, it's a hard thing too because these guys had all left. Well, most of them left. So I couldn't bounce off these guys either. Mm. And I probably wouldn't have because I'd feel some sort of shame that you've what you've gone through is um, not what I've gone through. And, and realistically, I should probably just stay in my lane and shut up and and um, sort this out in-house <laughs> as quiet as possible and um, not be labelled this PTSD thing that was everyone, I guess, was getting labelled. Um, yeah, so it took about four... About four sessions, and she's like, "What did you do on the outside? What, what did you do before I joined the army?" I was like, "I was electrician," and she's like, "Really? And you're a grunt?" I'm like, "Yeah." yeah. And she's like, "Why? Don't you, why aren't you an electrician in the army?" And then it kicked off, uh, you know, talking about that, and she's like, <laughs> "Got ya, uh, got ya, <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice." <laughs> yeah, so I was like, after the set, I'm like, I'll see what you did there. Yeah, well done, well played, like, well done. <laughs> talking about that and she's like have you ever thought of getting out and she's like i'm going to give you a home truth here we may not be going back to war for a very long time do you think you can put up with this for the next 10 years do you see yourself being RSM in the army do you say and just started like smashing me with this like giving it to you in the real yeah, way yeah yeah and i was like i probably need that too and and i'm like oh can we not no <laughs> and she's like how hard is it to get uh re-qualified as electrician and I was like, oh, well, I've done my, um, uh, what do you call it? The electricians out there will know. Um, Not your capstone. It's like capstone. It's like your reissue of your licence. Yeah, so you right do a right. small test. Yep, yep, yep. So I actually did that a year prior because I was like, oh, let's come around. I better renew that. Yeah. And um, I'm like, oh, not much effort at all. I think I just got to do a bit of study, maybe another requal, and should we be good to go? And she's like. Sounds pretty easy. Should you be doing that? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh, damn it. And she's like, all right, don't make any decisions today. This time next week, though. And, um, yeah, so that just sowed the seeds. So for that week, I was like, what's out there? Right. Got on SEEK. Got on the TAFE. I think I enrolled in a course. You know, for that week, I was so motivated just to find out what was out there and realising, you know, the... Um, the, all the apartment complexes and unit complexes around Brisbane, which should have been the amount of times I've flown into Brisbane and the cranes are everywhere, the sky cranes are everywhere. Um, light bulb didn't go off. Yeah, the light bulb mm. didn't go off. Like the, the airport was starting to kick off. They were starting to um, bulldoze that new runway, like all these things. And, and then I told her this on the week five and she's like, yeah. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> So I find that really interesting because I think a lot of people uh, have a an idea that seeking help or going to talk to a professional is them trying to divulge into your deepest, darkest secrets and all that mm. sort of stuff. But in this instance, all she's done is asked you a couple of reflective questions, like what yep. did you do before the military? And you're yep. like, Sparky. And it's like, oh, cool. Bing, fuck, light bulb. Like, you know, yeah. it's not about... You know, hug hug this yeah. pillow and tell me all your yeah. all, all your your nasties. It's yeah. just like a bit of reflection and bang, you're sort of exactly light right. bulbs going off and you're on a bit of a different different path. So that's really cool. And it's crazy because it, it, everyone does this. Everyone has that light bulb moment where they're like, oh, I don't want to be an electrician anymore. I want to be a grunt. Bing, 
Mm. You boys want to be in the same with this company. Yeah, we yeah, don't want to be chibis anymore. We want to sew shirts. Sew shirts together. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> Great shirts too, boys. Oh, thanks, mate. Shirt. Thanks, mate. Um, yeah, like you do have that lot moment. And it's it's kind of funny. So, again, I'm one of the lucky ones. Like, had a trade behind me. A, a few guys do actually in my battalion. There were a few chippies, a few plumbers. Um, we've actually talked about getting like a syndicate together and starting something. Um you know, boilermakers, you know, there's a few guys out there that can set themselves up, but the vast majority don't have the skills. They, they join with 18, 17, straight out of school. And unfortunately, being infantry or a grunt, transferable skills are, you know, quite limited. Ne- <laughs> you don't need me to go to the local cafe and blow a door in. I can do it if you want. But, you know, like it's transferable skills. You've just got this tiny little lane in you. And they don't tell you that. Yeah. And um, so again, very lucky. So, so yeah, yeah. so the seed. Yeah. So how did that post? So once that kind of happened, what what were the next steps? Because like getting out, so to speak. Oh, you're not out. You're still in the reserves. Yeah. Now, aren't you? So yeah. So that, that's a funny story. So I wanted out. I want to go cold turkey. You know, um, that sort of thing. Made that decision. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Made peace like, with it. Made peace. So I was like, this is probably where it's going to go. I, I don't think I could. Go anywhere else in this career, the the opportunities are starting to dry up. Um, okay, plan B. Um, so I was like, right, I'll give myself six months just to get everything lined up and, and leave, kind of thing. So um, the biggest, the biggest hardest one is coming to terms with discharging out of the army. So you're like, I've got to tell someone. So you go to your superior, and they go, oh, Is that right? <laughs> You'll be nothing on the outside, mate. You are a grunt. <laughs> Oh, that was sad. Yeah. Well, that's that's a very isolated. Like, not yeah. all of them are like that. Yeah. But, but you will get that conversation. And if and if not directly said, probably implied. Yeah. yeah. In one way or another. Yeah. Yeah. They don't need you on the outside. Yeah. Bud. Like, yeah. They need you, but um, also they were more kind of like right. So you're at a bit of a crossroads. You probably need a bit of um, career direction. So all right, we'll send you off and you'll go talk to old mate down at the um down the road and. You'll talk about um, where you want to go in, the, in your career. So I was like, whatever. You've got to tick the box. You've got to tick that box before you get out anyway. So I went down there and they're like, oh, throw on posting. You know, do you want to go to Singleton? You know, do your promotion course. You'll go to Kapuka, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, radio. Like, none of you are listening. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so um, coming to peace was basically, yeah, I'm getting out and then realizing. Oh geez, like I actually have to set myself up and get out. Like it's now. on me now, yeah. It's on me now because no one's going to help you. And why would they? Like you join them, you join the army. Um, it's not a service requirement for you to get out. Like they're not going to go. Oh, you okay? You want to be an electrician? Um, all right, be an electrician in the army. Mm. They're not going to say, oh, old matey down the road just advertised the other day. Go, go work for yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like so for them, they've spent money on you. Yeah, I don't know how much money. Like you're an you know, asset. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and no matter what you do in the army, you're an asset. Yeah, and um, so they're like, right, don't fully discharge, don't don't fully discharge. That's a bad idea at the moment. It sounds like Foxtel when I tried to <laughs> get rid of my Foxtel, and they're like, don't. well, don't get rid of your whole sports package. Why don't you just pay ten dollars a month, and if you decide to get it on again, <laughs> like, oh, right, oh, you got me. Oh, they got me. I know they got me too. <laughs> right, um. Yeah, so you're like, all oh, right, what options are there? And they're like, well, go back to reserves. You joined a reservist, you know the system, go back to reserves. Mm. And then I was like, oh, okay. 
does it make the process faster? And they're like, somewhat, but you'll still need the time. You'll, you'll realise you'll need that time leading up to your, I guess, you leaving to get yourself sorted. So it's like, sweet, right, transfer reserves, do that. Um, going sideways again, this is a great option. I want to highlight this because a lot of guys get out cold turkey and, again, loss of the tribe, loss of mateship, loss of that stability in the organisation, that structure. Yeah. Um, you know, it floors guys. Like going so, And if you go into the reserve stream, you have that. So why wouldn't you do that? Kind of thing. Like Some guys don't have the option. Some guys are medically discharged and that sort of thing. And some guys don't feel they need it. But I think it was probably the best thing for me, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess a lot of people are leaving and they're leaving behind their two massive things is their sense of purpose and their sense of belonging, right? And yeah. that's like for anyone, whether you're in the military or whether you're in a sports team, you know what I mean? Like it's that's the thing that drives people. Yeah. Without that. Exactly, yeah. Without that, it's like, well, what, what am I? Yeah. What do I do next? Like I, I'd talk to guys now, um, once he's just uh, transferred across the reserves and he's he was in the same thing. He goes, I just needed a purpose. So he's like, well, I've also started the Veterans Footy Club, which is out at North Brisbane. But um, he's like, I've started that just so I could have some drive, some purpose, a goal too while I'm looking for work. Um, also working with reserves just to top up you know, the wage. So great option for me too. Um, so when was that moment when you flicked from the full-time military to reserves and then back into a civilian job? Um, it would have been end of 2017. End of 2017. End of 2017, right at the end. So it was, it was a funny old transition. I remember being on our last exercise and just being like, like, I will never have to do this again. I have the choice not to do this now. I think we're out the back of Wide Bay. Is it a happy feeling? It was a happy feeling. <laughs> like, it was a great exercise, great exercise. Having a lot of fun, but it was like... I'm okay, done. I'm done. I can I can choose not to do this again. Like, it was a great feeling. Like... Um, I was trying to tell it to one of my mates. He was getting out and he was just looking at me like, I'm going to miss this. And I'm like, I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You know, two different things. But he yeah. was leaving on different terms than I was. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like knowing full well that this could be your last exercise was a great feeling. So I got home, took all my leave. And um, basically that six months lead up, I was applying for every single job I possibly could. So I knew it was going to be hard to get back in the market. A been in the army for a long time and so you've got tradesmen out there are far more competitive than i can be far more mature in their trade than i can be um and b it was a bit of a job so uh job shortage getting around so um it was stacked against me but i gave myself six months to sort it out so um ended up i think i applied for 82 jobs um now when i say 82 <laughs> Ten, probably about half of those eighty-two, I just threw resumes at. Yeah, didn't didn't really. Not um, too much thought, just like yeah. here's my resume, bang, not really tailored or anything to the job. Pretty much, yep, yeah, yep, yep. and drag netting. Yeah, <laughs> Tinder. Yeah, <laughs> but it was just like, yeah, sweet. All right. Nothing back. Well, I got a few back, but they were like, oh yeah, how long are you? You know, oh you're in the army here. Okay, all right. I'll we'll give you a call if we got anything coming up. So I'm on yeah, straight away. Mm. And then I started to feel, all right, there's a bit of a stigma behind um, ex-army boys or ex-ADF guys trying to get jobs. Like, there's a bit of a stigma here. like Because I, I got asked, I was, I think one guy was like, so are you, 
are you all right upstairs? Like, you're all good? I'm like, oh, right here. I see where this is going. Yeah. And I was like, uh, I'm sure I am, mate. Like, obviously didn't get that job, but... But um, that that's the common that started to become a common occurrence. I'm like, what's the deal? Like, yeah, wow. I didn't really thought of that. Yeah, like we, I was like, we're not all like that. Like, and I was starting to see. I never really saw that. But and then you were going for electrical jobs. Yeah, electrical all electrical jobs. jobs. Yeah, all around Australia, anything I could get. So, which is funny because I would have thought with the trade, mm. with the trade background, and then going for a trade job, that military experience would be. Nothing but a good thing for trade for trade jobs. You'd think, yeah. Right? Well, you know, like it, it does have a great great traits, but we mm. just had this underlying fear that people had that we're yeah, all right. nutcases. So you like. found the it became apparent that reintegrating back into civilian life, even just to get a job, became a difficult process because because I was military. Because you're military, and is that a common is that a common uh, yeah perception or? Uh, f- or it experience is, for other ADF personnel? Like, I, I've, again, experience is going to vary across the of board course. from officers to enlisted to mm. whatever role you might have been in because mm. I know that transferable skills for, let's just say, drivers, um, you know, like trade skills in the Army are quite transferable if you sort out your deficiencies and that sort of thing. Um, but with, when you're infantry... You're not going to have those transferable skills. So, yeah, I was really relying on that electrical. So I thought in my head, yeah, I'm sweet, I'm good to go. But I didn't realise people were going to think I was crazy, which I wasn't. But it was just like everyone has that question in their in their mind and the media is almost, um, I guess, um, taught us that Aussies are uh, diggers are a little bit, you know, they're a little bit high maintenance maybe. like, And... Um, yeah, so I was starting to see this trend, and I was like, "Oh, radio, what do I do?" And I remember, um, I remember this one guy, and it's from a, an employment company, and I, I just laughed at him because I remember cold calling. You know, I'd sent my um, resume out, and I hate cold calling. But I was like, "Right, the next forty, I'm just gonna call. You know, I'll send a resume to you. I'll give you a week. I'll call you." I had it on on the spreadsheet ready to go, and I call this guy, and he's like. I have 80 trades on my list. What makes you special? And I was like, <laughs> I didn't know whether to be angry or be like, that is a truth bomb. Like, I yeah, was like, he just wanted to know, like, hit me with it now because yeah, it's one chance. Pretty much. And, um, but it was almost, and he had that bit of sting in his voice about it. it, it like he'd been, he must have had a shit day or something. Or else he's just been through that many blokes yeah. at work. He's just like, right, next, yeah. what is it? It must have been yeah, like yeah, it. Yeah. And I, it's probably the kick up the ass I needed. But he's like, and I was like, oh, look, I'm an electrician. I've, you know, I've had a bit of a hiatus. I've been away from the trade a bit, but I'm really keen to get back into it. And, blah, blah. and he's just like, not special. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. So a bit angry, but took, Know, whatever I could away from that and just started like er- studying every single business I would put my um, resume into, would study what they did, who they were, who the CEO was, like who's who in the zoo. And then my resume would be directly tailored to that mm. and just like banging that out. And then, um, and this is after concurrently throwing my resume. So it was starting to stack up. And I remember like the last 10, I started to get real um, legitimate callbacks like, but I'd tailored it so the resume 
So the army was like just dates and then Australian army. So it wasn't really what I did. I mm. kind of just pushed that out. Started to get callbacks and they're like, oh, what did you do in the army? I was like, oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, yeah, okay. And then they're like, oh, what, you know, blah, blah. And then I'd try and get into the conversation like, but you guys have, what you guys are really exciting? What you guys do? You guys do A, B, C, and they were like, "Okay, this guy's either a nutcase or he knows what he's on." Like yeah, 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 yeah. he's been doing his background, which trying is to talk refreshing. about them more than you. Yeah. yeah, and then they're like, "Sweet, can you come in for an interview?" Yeah. So obviously, yeah, um, sweet, yeah, going in for the interview. So you know, cool, my old man. You know, really happy. And he's like, "Yeah, good son. That's how life works. You yeah. do get interviews. Yeah, um, suit up." <laughs> so yeah. On came the suit, and I was walking in the job sites and having these um, interviews, and then ended up getting five, was it five um, offers? Uh, offers, sorry, yeah, blank, and um, yeah, and then met this really nice um, company. The the lady there was awesome, like really really good energy. I guess it was really positive and really small company though, but they were like, you just keep doing you, and whatever you need from us, man, you. Do what you got to do, but if you can work for us, that'd be great. That's awesome. That's awesome. It was just a sort of real humble meeting. Like it was mm. a real. It wasn't like yeah, we do this, 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 blah, blah blah. This, this. There was no thank you for your service shit or anything like that. It was like, oh, that's nice. You seem like a nice lad. Come work for us, and that's who I'm with today. Yeah, like, right. Oh, brilliant. And yeah, and, and with him ever since. So, that's a. I mean, that's. Awesome. Your old man obviously gave you some good advice yeah. to get your trade. You've got something to fall back on. Obviously, there are lots of military personnel who who don't have that luxury of something to fall back on. So yeah. I'd imagine that it's quite, you know, re oh. reentry into the job market for yeah. a lot of people must be really, really difficult. And even just your experience, you know, you've got experience in a trade, but mm. it was a difficult time. Do you think it's quite common for... It's common. Yeah. 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 I know guys getting out now that we all talk to each other we all try and set each other up um, some guys have been really lucky and gone back into family business which is great mm. um, but obviously still have their transition issues and that sort of thing but yep. at least they got work because at the end of the day all we want to be is contributing members of society like all we want to do is work that's all anyone wants isn't it exactly right. all anyone wants is to be a contributing member exactly of society right. and to be accepted and belong and yep. have a sense of purpose right and that's and that's where it comes into where the common we're as common as you guys like we're just exactly like you guys i don't i don't really call myself a veteran it doesn't really sit right but you are <laughs> but a veteran right so that, well, that that's that's i guess i am but but i'm also a tradie of course. And that's what they want to be too. They want yeah. to be, you know, riggers. They want to be traders. They want to be ringers. They want to be working class. They just want to get back on it, feed their families, make their wife happy, yeah, sort their career. So out, is being know? a veteran something that you're not, you know, that you're not that open about? Or is it something that you're oh. not, you know, obviously you don't classify yourself as a tradie now, not a veteran, but obviously, you know, that's the word to describe people who have served. I guess. Yeah, well, look, it was funny, like... The word's not thrown around like we do. Like you've been to the states, and obviously they're 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 all over it. They look after their well as much as they can. They look after their veterans. They're very open about thanking each other for their service. They're very um, patriotic in that way. But in Australia, we're very um, we're very not shy. We're more um, we don't really wear that stuff out. We're not we, after. We that. don't have a very big military culture in no, Australia. In the states, don't. it's a huge military culture. Exactly right. Yeah. Here, we yeah, it's it's far less like that. And you're right. You know, people don't 
go around saying thank you for your service like like I understand they do in the States. And and we don't need it. You don't like want it. it. It's, it's, we don't need it. Like it's – we get – one thing that puts us apart from there was we're paid really well. We're one of it like I think in my – I think when I discharge or transfer, I was earning like 75000 a year. So – Wow. That's a good comfy wage. Yeah. That's good to go. Mm. So for them over there, they're, they're not paid that well, so they're looked after in other ways. So – but here, it's I saw it as a job. It's just a job. Yeah. You, none Why of should I be thanked for something compared to yeah exactly. someone else is going to do something else? Exactly right. None yeah. of you has held a gun to my head and said you had to join. Yeah. That's the thing too. It's a volunteer system. So I, I like that's why the veteran thing. I was kind of like, uh, like I, I get it, but you know, like when you have a pretty unremarkable career, it's kind of like it's yeah, it doesn't really sit right. But also, I remember when I. First day on the job, and I was, I, think I was talking to someone. They're like, "Oh, what do you do?" And I was like, uh, "I'm an electrician," but it felt like the biggest fake. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, yeah, almost like this identity crisis. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. A fraud. Yeah, fraud. I was like, "Oh, jeez." Oh, I'm an electrician, but it's been a while. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like I'm not a great one, but we'll get yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, mate. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. So yeah. I suppose to to sort of close up, like, why why should employers out there know put put veterans on or have those have those guys you know and ladies in, in, in into their business i think um a lot of money put into our training and that sort of thing and we, we have been fashioned in a way but um we also have a baseline that is quite common like i've written things down here but there's so many things like hard working straight off the bat i think when you you put a bunch of if you're a, a fly sitting on a wall watching what's going on out, out at the um, the army barracks. The guys are working hard. Um, there's integrity. There's there's that real, um, you know, guys guys are loyal too, like for the organisation and for the individual and for the team. Like um, guys' moral compass, they've got a moral compass. Like they'll look after you. Mm. Um, team players, you know, punctual. <laughs> I think I was here 20 yeah, minutes yeah, early. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah bloody ass you were. That's good. <laughs> Um, you know, well presented, well suit up, like, um, you know, they're, they're fast to adapt to, like, very flexible, They'll, um, adapt to their surroundings really quickly. Um, I would imagine I a go big, on all day, yeah, like. I would imagine a big one would be the fact that your experiences and things that you've been through doesn't, yeah. don't have to define who you are moving forward and don't have to define who you become. Yeah. And, and sure, people do go through, you know, in serving military can go through some real strenuous yeah. and psychologically tough things, yeah. but we're resilient, right? And so are yes. you, and we get through it. Yeah, exactly right. And I think if there is a healing process out there too, for these guys who are getting out, being employed is one of the biggest things. It, it puts them in an environment where they can work with blokes like yourself. They can have conversations like you do, like you guys are promoting it. It, it puts them into a familiar kind of environment environment yeah. yeah and i think that's a that's a big thing i think what you guys have have started like i i don't generally i'm not a part of an rsl i'm not a part of any real like i do the vet uh surfing veterans association that's the thing so i like surfing um but you know what you guys are doing is starting that conversation and i think everyone needs to it doesn't matter if you're a veteran a ringer a rigger a builder a plumber electrician it doesn't matter if yeah by starting those conversations, putting veterans into that area where they have to talk, where they might have to talk to an apprentice, 
about their life and their life skills and that sort of thing. Like, I think it's a valuable, valuable thing to do. And we've given you the chance to wear a bit of bloody camo oh, again. Hey, too, boys, hey? I was actually thinking about that. Hey, like, you remember the Ali G movie? Oh. <laughs> and they all, oh, boys. Mate. <laughs> so, yeah. So, here, so um, yeah, we're probably just wrapping it up. But things yeah. now, I guess, for you, having been through, you know, the period of time that you have through your experience, your electrical apprenticeship, your time in the military, come out, you know, the other side. How's how's things for you now? How's how's life for yeah. you? Where life's, we are, life's great. Life's always rocky, right? Yeah, it always will be. Yeah. You'll have your ups, you'll have your downs. You're the best days of your life, your worst days of your life. You always be like that. Mm. But I, have a, you know, great to have a purpose. Great to have a direction. Um, you know, and I, I think that's that's all we need. And I, I really appreciate it. And I'm loving life at the moment. Fantastic, and in fact, I was like not down, but I was a little bit flat the other day. And I actually found you guys through like a podcast app I had, and I was typed in trading and I was listening to um, Lazy, yeah, Lazy the Sparky, Sparky. Yeah, 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 she's Carried a mad dog, up. yeah. But there's a few chicks out there, eh? Like, yeah, um, yeah. uh, Melbourne Chippy Chick, yeah, mate, yeah, crushing it. I think she's killing it. I think her and her husband are trying to get on the next block or something like that. Are they? Yeah, oh, mate, she's crushing it down there. How good is that to see? Yeah. Like, if there's got to be chicks in trades at the moment, yeah. get in now. For like, sure. It's a good time. It's oh. a good time to, to be a to be a chick tradie. And, um, yeah. yeah, there's never been a better time for anyone to try their hand at anything, you know? Oh, exactly. Across right. the board, whether it's a trade, whether it's, yep. you know, you want to do your time in the military or whatever else it is. It's yep. just, it's have a, have a crack. We're here for a good time, not a long time, oh, you know? So it's... Absolutely. you yeah. got to do what you want to do and not what you, ex- you think other Someone people expect to you do. to do. Yeah. 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 And um, look, Oh, very happy to do it too. And and just lastly, I'll throw it out there. Like, if there's any, I know veterans and constructions down at um, Melbourne are killing it at the moment. There's a there's an ex Saskate, great organisation down there. But if there are any guys out there who are struggling or, or just need some sort of advice, I know I've just spent an hour rambling. But if there's anything I can give them, like I, I'd gladly add me on Insta or whatever you got to do. Yeah, like, mate. We'll we'll chuck yeah. your details somewhere down yeah. on. Uh, when we when we share this out there, but yeah, always yeah. good to have a sounding board. I think for anyone who, who wants to talk to someone, even yeah. even someone serving who might see it, that absolutely, of, you know, getting out. It's everyone's yeah. there to help each other out, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, Thanks, Jimbo. Pleasure, guys. Great story, mate. Appreciate your time. Good on you. Thank you. <laughs>